Exceptional Performance The Leaders Podcast This podcast is an introduction to the 10 essential elements to achieve an exceptional performance culture. Episode by episode, we break down five elements in planning, the what, and five elements in leadership, the how. By having experts share their experience, knowledge, and expertise in realizing these essential elements. The what, or the planning elements, are explored in our first five episodes. First, defining purpose, working on your charter together. Then, taking stock, getting real about today. In our third episode, we look at communicating the vision, getting creative to define the future and chart the course. Episode four, creating ownership, we look at getting buy-in and rigorous implementation. And finally, ensuring alignment, identifying roles, responsibilities, and KPIs. Today, I'm sitting down with Rob Sagan of the Productive Leadership Institute to get a deeper understanding and ask him some questions about element four, creating ownership, getting a buy-in and rigorous implementation. So at this point in the process, creating ownership, we're shifting from planning to implementation. Now, I've heard it said that any organization would rather have a mediocre plan well implemented than a great plan implemented poorly. Do you agree with that kind of thinking, Rob? You know, I do, and I think our listeners can relate to this too, whether it's in their business experience or let's say in, you know, in sports. You know, I played in coach sports and even coach sports now, and again, I'm a baseball guy, as a lot of people know who know us a little bit, and I would, you know, there's lots of ways to move a runner over. You can use a fly ball, you can use a bunt, you can use a hit and run, and so the coach picks one. It may not be the best choice, but you know, if the if the batter can get the bunt down and move the runner over, you know, it really doesn't matter if the there was a lot of choices. As long as the job gets done, it does what needs to be done. Same thing in business. You know, if what we need to do is launch a product. Well, you know, you can create the best launch plan strategy in the world, but if people are late getting in into the, the marketplace or don't do it very well, it doesn't matter what was written on the brilliant PowerPoint slides and Excel spreadsheets. You know, there's a, there's a lot to be said for really effective implementation. So the reason we wanted to put some focus on ownership is that that's a separation point that we see between mediocre organizations and high-performance organizations. High-performance performance organizations don't chuck their business plans over the fence to the implementation teams. They co-create an environment where there's a tremendous sense of joint ownership. So in our process, we actually recommend that they build what we call implementation teams, teams who can flesh out what we call success plans. And this is how we do it. First, we recommend that the planning committee identify an executive-level sponsor, someone who can obviously take a lot of ownership and provide guidance for a particular strategic priority. Let's say, for instance, to back to a previous example we had on an earlier podcast, um, we wanted to we had a client who really wants to increase their ability to launch new technologies into the market. So their head of uh, strategic marketing is responsible for new product development. And as VP of strategic marketing, He's a perfect choice to be the executive sponsor for this subcommittee we call an implementation team as they start to flesh out, well, what would success look like? What are the solutions and tactics and key milestones that we need to, to develop and, in, and execute so that this great idea becomes a reality? So what are some other considerations for building the best implementation team? Well, I think a key is, again, leadership. Um, so... We generally recommend that the executive sponsor and the planning committee agree on a team captain. And now this is not a doer, but it's a leader 
who can attract and effectively lead an all-star team of core members. Um, you know, it's that wisdom that we were all taught of give your most important projects to your best people. And then the captain and the executive sponsor can recruit both internal and external experts who add a lot of value. You know, get the best and the brightest, not the people who are just holding the title or role. This is where you have to do what's right for the business and not worry about if people get offended if they're not invited. So core team members that are asked to participate should have a good chunk of the downstream responsibility for implementation. This assures that you end up with strategies and tactics that they believe, being closer to the customer, that are actually going to work and are doable. And once the implementation core teams have been chosen, and we generally recommend between three to six core team members with invitations going out to other folks who can contribute from time to time, but it allows that team to move things forward and stay on track. And that's where the leader has to really be good at delegating and holding people accountable. There's a fair amount of leadership competency that's involved with with being the team captain. But we find from our experience that the best implementation plans will benefit from being built in sections to allow for a healthy balance of ownership by implementation teams and to get guidance from the strategic committee members to make sure that there's continuous alignment back to the original idea and the vision for the business going forward. So that process, um, what we try to do is encourage people, again, to do it in stages so that there's that, again, that consideration, that guidance so that the teams don't run off potentially in the wrong direction. So typically what we recommend is that they agree on defining the desired outcomes in language that is aligned again to the business plan, but suits the temperament of the people who are downstream, that they then identify who are the stakeholders that will most benefit from the achievement of these desired outcomes. And that exercise is a powerful one because they start to identify who are the potential allies or enemies uh, as this initiative moves, moves forward. And that'll become key, I think, as the planning committee moves forward. The next stage uh, for the implementation teams to take some ownership on is then making sure they've identified what are all the major obstacles that could get in the way of this plan coming to fruition. And if it's a good idea, they're probably going to find that there's more than a few obstacles that get in the way. And we, we actually encourage the implementation teams to you know, be negative, wear their negative glasses that day or come in in a bad mood and come up with all the reasons why this can't work. And then take a break, take a mental break or come back another day, make sure that they're in a good, creative, positive mood and look for solutions. How can the plan be developed so that you get in, over or around or through any obstacles that could be presented? And this is where the, the you know, you're really rolling up the sleeves. This is the heart of a good implementation plan are those solutions that can overcome uh, any anticipated obstacles. It's just really good contingency planning. Now, at that point, once the implementation teams have identified desired outcomes, stakeholders and the benefits, as well as the obstacles and potential solutions, it's a great time for the implementation teams to bring their ideas back to the core strategic planning committee, vet them, get input, and make sure that everybody feels comfortable before you hit the go button on implementation. Okay, so once everybody's comfortable, when does an organization start seeing some action? Well, again, that's it's important to make sure that before people start running around all over the place getting stuff done, that they've got the buy-in and support from the folks upstairs, right? 
So we're trying to set people up to succeed in the, in the methodology. So, okay, so let's go back to where we were. The implementation team has come back and vetted the, the very beginnings of the implementation plan, the desired outcomes, the uh, stakeholders, the benefits, the obstacles, the solutions. The planning committees looked at it, given them some guidance, and, we, and then they said, okay, go. Well, now the implementation teams need to come back and identify exactly who is going to do what by when and what resources do they need to support them in this success plan. And how are they going to track progress? How are they going to track success? So that's the next version of the plan. And once that's vetted back again through the implementation, from the implementation teams to the planning committee, then the activity can start. And it's a matter of holding people accountable and measuring success as the implementation teams uh, start moving forward. So can you give us an example of how that dynamic plays out between the planning committee and the implementation team? Yeah, for sure. There's a couple that come to mind. Uh, But what's interesting is you find a high energy in the room because you've got the planning committee members who've, you know, been involved with the creative thinking, the process. They've put their heart and soul into it. And in some cases, they've courageously handed over their baby to an implementation team to go and flesh it out. So they're very vested in the conversation. Typically, those discussions are very participative. Um, But what's important we find in the dynamic is that they really empower these teams to come back with, you know, the best ideas. And again, if they're front and center um, as a member of both the strategic planning committee and downstream implementation, they should either be the executive sponsor or perhaps the implementation plan leader. But the success plans, again, uh, represent an opportunity for everybody to look at what needs to be done and agree before, um, you know, the go button is hit. But it's fun. I mean, what what's what we find really rewarding for our clients and for people who are involved in this process is when you do start to see the activity and the alignment and the traction, um, you know, there's something about momentum. You know, once it starts, things start to move in a positive direction, it really creates some positive energy. But I think the most important consideration here, Eric, is that they have to be sure that they're funding the implementation plans from not only a financial perspective, but from a time perspective, that they've prioritized this within their day-to-day business as a key for future growth, um, that they're, they're not rushing the discussions, that everybody's being heard. And I think most critically that the implementation teams are listened to when they come back and say, hey, there are some some hurdles that are going to have to be overcome if this plan is going to work. Here's what we believe they to be they are. And what typically comes up more than anything else is training for people who are going to be implementing this new plan. You know, that expression, if, if we could have already done it, we would have done it. So when when an organization comes up with a growth strategy and asks a team to implement that strategy, it's not uncommon for that team to come back, well, this is great. You know, we want to go serve this new customer audience, for instance, but they want something different from us than what we were doing up to this point. For instance, we need to be better at at consultative selling for a sales organization or in managing priorities and time, time management, uh, if they're, let's say, a new product committee or an R&D team. So, it's the, it's the development of those potential game changers that is critical to the success of any business plan. Right. Well, I'm glad you left off there, Rob, because that sets up our topic for next week, ensuring alignment. 
To hear our next episode and others, be sure to subscribe to the Exceptional Performance Podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app or server. That's it for episode four of Exceptional Performance. On behalf of myself, Rob, and the team bringing you this podcast, we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.